let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael tura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts more Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie. Because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to More Than a Movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's Reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. KFI AM640. You're listening to The John and Ken Show on demand on the iHeartRadio app. Doug McIntyre in for a John and Ken Conway at four o'clock. Stephen Spears is going to be with us later on this hour to talk about the real estate market. And is your uh, dream of the uh, the American dream of home ownership is that become a complete fantasy? Is you, and and if you are lucky enough to get a starter home, will that end up being your finisher home? Uh, so we'll get into that with Stephen later on. How many cats is too many cats? We get all that and more. And uh, I want to talk to you about. The Mayfair Hotel, which is one of these hotels that the city of L.A. has been using as part of Project Room Key. And what a catastrophe, a financial catastrophe and, and basically representative of what a catastrophe the homeless plague continues to be. No matter what program you come up with, the fact that government is being asked to unravel broken lives at such a, such a micro level. It just seems like an impossible task at this point, but we'll get into that story in just a bit. Obviously, the big story 
is the tropical storm that we have not seen the likes of which in almost 90 years here in Southern California. For the most part, we got very, very lucky. Uh, we had heavy rain, some wind in a lot of places, some isolated flooding and damage here and there. There are a couple of areas that were badly hit, particularly Palm Springs and the San Bernardino Mountains area. To give us a recap of this event, it's a pleasure to welcome ABC News correspondent Jason Nathanson. Jason, how are you? Hey, good to be here and looking outside and looking at blue skies, which is quite a change from from yesterday. It right. is, and now we're going to have heat with humidity, and we're going to be <laughs> we're going to be Houston, which is not what we signed up for. No, right? we didn't, that's that's did the pact that here. we make in Southern California that what? it can be 105 in the valley, but it's, it's a dry to. heat. Exactly. By the way, it can't be 114. That's when it gets crazy. And I live in the part of the valley where it is routinely. 110, 112, 114. Yeah. It's just insane. We had the entire, you know, I, and I actually should ask this to the folks who live in like, uh, live out past San Bernardino, east of San Bernardino. Mm -hmm. It's like another 20 miles, folks. Another 20 miles. You get an ocean breeze. Yeah, exactly. Never understood that. Yeah, but I mean, people say that for us who live in the valley, though, too. Right, you like know, the idiot. The kids live in Santa, Santa Monica. Yeah, another 10, 10 miles, and, and it's, it's beautiful. You don't need air conditioning most of the year. So, um, all right, so let's get into this. Again, yeah. we kind of got lucky. We did. We, we did, but it was one of those events that, um, you know, we I think a lot of people were wondering, because we, we were used to seeing these on the East Coast, right? Hurricane blah, blah, blah is coming. Everybody's stocking up. And oftentimes it's not as impactful as they say it's going to be or it looks like it's going to be. And I think people were wondering about that here, especially since we don't really have any frame of reference for something like this. But it did, it, it was raining significantly yesterday. I think most people who live in the area will say that you know, it, it was it was strange and it was different, especially in August, to have that. You know, if you were driving around at times like I was, the streets were flooded, you know, Sherman Way in the valley. Um, there was a lot of water going on, but not there was it was passable you could drive through it but it was certainly not something we've seen in a while the LA river was was full uh, i think something like 41,000 people in the los angeles area were without power at one point and that number is down to maybe between 10 and 18,000 right now but most of it like you mentioned san bernardino county uh palm springs got you know record rainfall for summer in august um, uh, Raywood Flat in San Bernardino County saw 10.5 inches of rain, which is that's an astonishing amount of rain. Insane. I mean, that's a lot of snow, but the idea that yeah. that's 10 inches of rain. That's a lot of rain. And there's been some pretty dramatic pictures of in the mountains in the San Bernardino County. Um, I think one, one area uh, called uh, Forest, Forest Flats, um, Forest Falls where there was a mudslide, and that's where we had heard that there were 700 people who were uh, trapped, right? Um, and when you say that, it's it wasn't because there was mud against their homes and they couldn't come, they couldn't get out, but there was a mudslide and it went across the road in that area, and there's one way in and one way out, basically. So those people couldn't get out, so they had to, 700 people or so had to shelter in place, but there's some dramatic video of the water coming down, and then all of a sudden it turns into rocks and sticks and then boulders just really quickly coming down this mountain. 
um, and mudslides like that. But for the most part, you know, we're not looking at major structural damage. We're not looking at very expensive damage and we're not looking at loss of life, which was which was the fear, because, you know, a lot of people were talking about how, you know, this is the first tropical storm since like 1939 to hit, um, which there's some dispute on the on those terms. But it's like a meteorological dispute. Yeah, um, we're talking but, with J- Jason Nathanson, by the way, ABC uh, correspondent. Let's talk about the future for a second, Jason, yeah. because two things about the future. One is we have seen. After these heavy rains, for instance, a couple of years ago, there was a landslide up near Santa Barbara uh, that killed people uh, months after an event or, or after a rain event, a major rain event. And then uh, we saw the Rolling Hills Estates uh, hillside collapse that wiped out these homes. And a lot of geologists believe anyway, preliminarily, that the heavy rains over the winter may have destabilized that hill that caused those homes to collapse. So it is possible that this massive amount of rain in certain neighborhoods could, you know, down the road lead to some kind of a disaster. So the future remains to be determined what happens from this storm. It is it is possible, but it's very interesting. And there are a couple of interesting scenarios because we did see so much rain earlier in the year, which was a good thing. It allowed a lot of growth, right? So you didn't have the, the soil and everything wasn't just sitting there unattended where it, it could just go. There was lots of plant life and roots and stuff in the soil. Now, a lot of that has dried out over the past few months because it has been hot. We haven't seen a lot of precipitation. But what's good about a rain like this, especially as we get into September and October, which as we all know in this area is high wind and fire danger season, um, for a rain like this to kind of replenish things, to, to help things that were dry out not be so dry and give a lot of fuel, because all of that rain that came earlier in the year would lead to a lot of dry fuel. But now that's been mitigated a little bit. You know, this wasn't enough to kind of wipe that out completely. And if we do down in the, in the next couple of months see high winds, we could see some fire danger in the state. That's always going to be the case. But this could have helped at least a little bit with some of that. Now, the other aspect of the future uh, aftermath of uh, Tropical Storm Hillary is... Because this was relatively benign and mostly benign for most people, for millions and millions of people. Uh, the next time something like this happens, do we get that false sense of security that uh, I've been through a tropical storm? It's no big deal because hurricanes, I've been through a bunch of hurricanes having grown up on the East Coast. And some of them are just kind of fun events that blow through. And then other times it's really scary and it's really, really devastating. I right. mean, even Superstorm Sandy that hit uh, New York very hard a couple years back wasn't technically a hurricane. But it was a winter storm that they're still in places like Sheepshead Bay, parts of Queens and Brooklyn. They're still recovering from that years later. Right. And and the thing is, what makes this doubly not funny, but kind of ironic is these things come and you either prepare or you don't. You're the kind of person who either is going to be prepared or you're not. And the ironic thing of having a, an earthquake hit in the middle right. of it, which shows we live in earthquake country and... A lot of people, they're not prepared for tropical storms or hurricanes, and they certainly aren't prepared for earthquakes. Well, that's right. A lot right. of people don't yeah. have their earthquake kits ready to no, go. No, well, you know, the thing is, we live in the here and now, uh, and maybe we look over the horizon a couple of days. But for the most part, 
uh, millions and millions of people have moved to California since the Northridge earthquake, the last major, major earthquake that this region had. And right. by the way, that was a moderate earthquake, which is terrifying to think about what a major earthquake will be like. But you're exactly right. Both for people moving in and uh, the natural birth rate, you've got a lot of people who have never experienced a big shaker. And certainly most people here, except for transplants, have never experienced an actual hurricane in the aftermath of a serious tropical storm deluge. So if these events, you know, obviously earthquakes can happen at any time, but we've seen and it seems to be an epidemic of unusual weather patterns all over the globe. And if this is our new reality, we're going to have to start making some adjustments. Yeah. And what's good is all the water and food people stocked up on for the hurricane. They can now transfer into their earthquake kit and have that ready to go. Well, I'm still eating freeze-dried tuna fish for my 55-gallon <laughs> drum that I got for Y2K. Well, I, you might want to check the expiration date on that at this point. Well, here's the thing. Uh, the food I eat doesn't have an expiration date. Oh, uh, Jason, that's the thing. You know, we give these warnings, all the public officials, because they're terrified of being the dope in Hawaii who didn't sound the sirens. Uh, and then, sure. you know, you don't want to be that public official who didn't give the proper warning. So if anything, we're guilty of over hyping these events. But then that's the problem that people then the next time they don't take the warning seriously. And that's when we get into trouble. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, you know, it's it's boy who cried wolf type stuff. But I, I think this was a this was a very interesting dry run, if not you know for, for that kind of thing. Um, and uh, also having with with what happened in Lahaina and Maui fresh on our minds here, you know, that was caused by hurricane winds, right? And we were expecting rain. We knew that this was going to be a rain event, so fire wasn't necessarily the concern. Yeah. But, you know, we all know here what happens in, in this yeah, area when there's far, high winds. Far too much experience fire. with that. Yeah. Jason, thanks so much. Uh, ABC correspondent Jason Nathanson. All right, coming up, we're going to talk about the Mayfair Hotel and the challenge of putting the homeless, the unhoused, as we like to say now, right? The unhoused in these hotels and the financial consequences, et cetera. And your starter home, is that going to be your finish home? You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. How many cats is too many cats and the heaviest animal on earth? We'll talk to you about that. I thought it was me, actually. I've been on the road for a week. You are so skinny. No, that's not true. But here's the thing. I just wear bigger shirts. But the thing is, I, when you live, uh, I spent the last three weeks, four weeks in airports and eating road food. And you can actually feel your skin. Your skin starts to make noise as it stretches. Anyway, we'll get into that in just a bit. You hide it well. Uh, thank you. And this is why I like working with you, because <laughs> you're just such a great liar. Anyway, the point is... Uh, well, I thought we'd talk about homelessness just because no one ever does, right? Um, the Mayfair Hotel was one of these hotels that the city of L.A. contracted uh, as part of that federal uh, project room key, the federally funded initiative that allows hotels across the L.A. area to become temporary homeless shelters. And they're doing this in New York and other cities. <clears throat> Every place that they've done it, it's been a disaster, frankly, for the neighborhoods. And specifically for the properties, the Mayflair, Mayfair Hotel is a 294-room boutique hotel in Westlake in L.A., the Westlake neighborhood. Uh, shattered uh, windows, bathrooms, vandalized, carpet torn off the floor, quote, participant in room 1516, threatened staff, security destroyed property, 
screamed, yelled, cursed. Everything went wrong with her inside and outside the building, wrote a worker with Helpline Youth Counseling, Inc., a service provider assigned to the hotel in 2022. Mayfair's participation in Project Room Key, uh, of course, was controversial in the neighborhood. The neighbors saying that it totally destroyed. It became a magnet for problems. Quote, around 10 a.m., a male in 1526 assaulted another resident. Room 726 wrote a security guard in a report. The situation was quickly broken up. And 1526 was escorted out by police. The city has quietly paid. And listen to this has quietly paid the hotel's owners $11.5 million in recent months over damage claims because of the residents put in there during Project Room Key. So what's the answer? Mayor Karen Bass wants to buy the hotel. Buy the hotel for the city, estimated price $60 million, with another $23 million in renovation. So by my math, carry the two. That's if you want, kick off my shoes here. That'd be $83 million, right? Is that right? Do I have that, Eric? Is that right? 83 million? I think so. I was an English major. The LA Grand Hotel, by the way, the city is leasing that building for 4,700 per room per month. Okay, this is this is my favorite uh, stat from the entire story. Okay? Uh, now, I know that rental prices for uh, apartments in LA are steep. And in Southern California in general, not just LA, but pretty much everywhere. This used to be, when I moved out here, in 85, this play, you could trip it over $500 a month apartments that were really nice apartments. Now, 18, $2,200, $2,500 a month, whatever, uh, for an apartment, right? But that's not good enough for the city of LA. We're paying $4,700 a month per room to put the homeless. $4,700 a month, that's a mortgage payment. You know, it's the prices. We built those. You know, the low-cost housing for the homeless with all that bond money, the Triple H money. And some of them cost $700,000 per unit, not per building, per unit. So anyway, we've got the Mayfair Hotel. Now the city wants to buy it. And here's the problem. And, and I'm not saying this to do nothing because we have to do something. It's an embarrassment. It's an, it's an international embarrassment that we have so many people and a humanitarian disaster to have people living on the streets in squalor and then all of the problems that come from it the imposition on the businesses in the neighborhoods which is a very real problem no wonder this isn't nimbyism people have a right to object to having this imposed in their neighborhoods but you can't buy buildings and then have the people who are who belong frankly in some kind of rehabilitation facility and just have them break windows and tear up the bathrooms and fight each other and deal drugs and burn and set fires. And then the taxpayers are on the hook for $11 million in repairs. And the answer is, well, just buy the building and put $23 million of renovations into it before we put people in who then destroy it again. This is, this is madness. So I don't know what the answer is, which is why I'm happy to be on this side of the microphone and not at one of those uh, you know, committee meetings where you have to take an oath of office and actually come up solutions. But clearly what we're doing isn't working.
And this is not a solution. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. More Than a Movie is back with season two of the award-winning film podcast and this time with a lot more movies. I'm your host, Alex Fumero, and each week I'm going to talk to the people behind some of my favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the OG spy kid, Alexa Penavega. You had Carlo Gugino, who's the coolest mom ever. You had Antonio, who's handsome, amazing, charismatic. And then Carmen and Juni. I felt like a lot of other kids felt like this could be me. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Every episode will feature interviews with the biggest actors, directors, writers, and producers behind your favorite films and tap into the history of Latinos in film. Listen to More Than a Movie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're talking tea, we're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Here are some examples of what you'll hear from us on Rappaport's reality podcast. This is where we discuss all things reality TV, all things popular culture. And a little bit of... Rappaport's reality, the reality of bit. us. We're a figuring bit. out. And if we had been recording these last four or five days, Ooh. it, it would have been, Ooh, a, been the podcast juicy. would have taken a, a, a left turn. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. In addition to San Bernardino Mountains area and Palm Springs, of course, Ventura County, and uh, I, it's my my bad to not have mentioned this earlier, but Ventura County took a real beating from rain in this event in uh, Tropical Storm uh, Hillary. Uh, some real uh, torrents of mud and water coming down on folks up there. So I think over the next couple of days, we'll get a fuller picture of who took the hit. We are lucky in the big picture that we got off relatively easy uh, for a, a very, very unusual event, to say the least, to have uh, a tropical storm hit Southern California in August. It's just at any time of the year, but certainly in August to get this kind of rain. So we'll get more, learn more about that over the next couple of days. We'll learn more about this is not exactly a breaking news story that it's expensive to live around here, uh, that real estate prices have gone to the roof not just for rental properties, but obviously for uh, in terms of home ownership. Uh, but the starter home 
is oddly becoming the hardest home to find, apparently, according to new data uh, being crunched. The median price for starter homes, this according to the Orange County Register, has doubled and even tripled in Southern California and the Bay Area since 2012. Uh, according to Redfin, the minimum annual income needed to afford any entry-level home was as high as $160,000 to $245,000 a year. And in the Inland Empire, which is traditionally the most affordable housing market, you still need a six-figure income to afford a starter home. To talk about this, it's a man who we turn to for these kinds of things because he's an expert, real estate attorney, and the host of his very own show on TalkRadio1.com, Stephen Spears. Stephen, how are you? I am well, Doug. Good to be with you. So, you know, it's, look, we know... You know, I get the Sunday paper and I thumb through the real estate section and there's always that fancy magazine that's got homes that seem unimaginable where there's literally list prices of $17 million and $25 million. You know, I, I, you know, I, I don't have enough furniture to put in a house like that. So it's <laughs> off my list. But but so, OK, there's that kind of a fantasy thing. And we know those places exist in the world. But we're talking about I used to do this joke that saying, you know. We always dreamed of a million-dollar home. You just never dreamed it would be a two-bedroom fixer in Van Nuys. Uh, and, and, and now <laughs> you'd be right. lucky to find a two-bedroom fixer in Van Nuys for a million dollars. You couldn't. You couldn't. No, that's right. You have tremendous price increases, and this all comes back to supply and demand. There are not enough houses. Across the country, we have a shortage of housing of about 4 million units. We have 4 million fewer houses, condominiums, townhouses, and apartments than we need to house the people. So you have people who have doubled up. You have people who are living in, in uh, other circumstances, and we have a shortage. The result of that, low supply, uh, it, 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 compare, uh, combined with high demand, means it drives prices up. And you can do all sorts of things in terms of government regulations, but none of it is going to solve it because you need to motivate people to build more houses. You have uh, rent control, you have all sorts of things that discourage real estate development and discourage real estate developers from deciding to build more houses. And the result is every house that does exist simply costs more. Okay, but now I understand, well, we're gonna get to Southern California specifically in a second. But, you know, this is a very crowded area. L.A. County has north of 10 million people. It's the only county in the country with more than 10 million people in it. So it's a very densely crowded place. It's not a lot of land here. The only place we really can go is up. And when you try to go up, people then uh, complain about the Manhattanization of L.A., etc. And the density uh, along transportation corridors. Certainly we've had local elected officials who have been pushing to build that way. But it's a big transformation from the way Southern California, sort of the California dream was the bungalow in suburbia with kids on a Schwinn bike playing on the, you know, in the cul-de-sac. Uh, but we can't house the growing population with that model. There's no land. No, that's right. And it costs more to build up 
and so your 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 cost per square foot is higher because you have to build it build it differently if you're building four or six or ten stories. And as you say, you, the congestion on the streets and the lack of parking and all of the things that go along with it, increased public services, fire, police, ambulance, and so forth. Everything is more difficult. Okay, so now we we re we all know we understand young people starting out. They're priced out of the market, so they start looking out of state. They start looking literally out of state because it's even beyond going to the Inland Empire, the Central Valley, because you have to be within some kind of realistic proximity to your employment, although I know people are working remotely. But a lot of people are simply priced out of certainly Southern California and the Bay Area for starter homes. But why is there a housing shortage in places? You know, when you're on a plane, I've been on a lot of planes the last couple of weeks, and you're flying over. There's a lot of open space in this country. Why aren't we building houses in Ohio? Why aren't we building houses in Nebraska? Why, did, why is there a 4 million unit housing shortage in places like that? jobs. The employment go bone is connected to the housing bone. If you have an area that has lots of jobs, then you're going to have people build houses there. It makes sense to build houses. You can afford to build houses, and then people can afford to buy houses. If you have wide open space but no jobs, then who's going to live there? How are they going to live? And then how are you going to get services to them? So it, it has to be <clears throat> in areas where you have employment, jobs are the key. Now, is it, we're talking about Stephen Spear, by the way, real estate attorney. He hosts a show on talkradio1.com. That's O-N-E, not number one, talkradio1.com. Uh, is the, you know, we know during COVID, people were working remotely, and many, many, many millions of people are still working remotely, at least for part of the work. In fact, the employers are now starting to beg their employees to come back to work or issuing mandates, either come back to work or find another job. But is that still a, a minimal amount of employment? Because you would think that given the demand for workers, the need for workers, and the workers' need for housing, that people could go to places where land is more abundant and you could build homes and they could work remotely? On the one hand, things are never going to go back to the way they were before COVID. There was already a move to having remote work <clears throat> before COVID. People wanted to work at home, and there was a lot of talk about work-life balance. It's never going to go back to the way it was. And as soon as unemployment rises to about 5 or 6%, you're going to see all the employers who right now are tensely holding their breath, they're all going to say, okay, guys, if you want to work, you're coming back into the office. And they'll be able to say, there are, if you don't want this job, there are five other people who want this job who will come to the office. And you'll see that greatly reduced. So whether the high expense office space, the most expensive luxury office space is really going to come back in full strength. I, I question that. But a lot of the small to medium-sized businesses that are right now are tolerating people working elsewhere where it doesn't really work. It works well in some situations, but where they're tolerating where it doesn't really work, they're going to snap that back, and then the commute is going to make a difference again. Yeah. If you can work in Nebraska and, and you're employed in, in Utah, that's fine. But if you need to come into the office, you need housing relatively close to the office for practical human and environmental concerns. Yeah, other than writers and actors, uh, right now the labor shortage 
it means that people who are looking for work or are employed have muscle. I, I told the story earlier in the show that I was in the bank this morning and one of the tellers in the bank was dressed as if she was, you know, at Walmart. <laughs> you know, you'd never right. would have seen somebody working in a bank dress like you see it in a radio station. By the way, she was overdressed for a radio station. But uh, <laughs> but but, but I'm, I just got a feeling if we had 10 percent unemployment, somebody would say, put on a go get a suit and tie a tie. Hey, Stephen, thanks so much for being with us. We really appreciate it. Stephen Spear, talkradio one dot com and real estate attorney. Maybe we'll talk with Conway if he lowers himself, if he will stoop to come in and do some crosstalk with us. And we will ask the question. All right. What? What's the deal with 80 cats? You're listening to John and Ken On Demand from KFI AM 640. McIntyre with you in for John and Ken. And uh, we'll try it again tomorrow, by the way. Uh, the wife, Penny Pizer, has her show, uh, Son of Some Suburbia, going to be at the Stephanie Fury Theater September 6th and 20th at 7 p.m. as part of the Independent Theater Festival. And I'll tell you more about that. And uh, have I mentioned, by the way, 700 times that I have a book out called Frank's Shadow that's at Barnes & Noble and uh, Amazon, of course. And you can get signed copies at DougMcIntyre.com. And I'm actually going to be at the Barnes & Noble in Burbank on September 24th from 2 to 4, which is a Sunday. So come on out and say hello if you have a great memory and you can remember that far ahead. So we're cat people. My wife and I, we're cat people. We have two cats. Uh, one is named Lenny. And one is named Lizzie. Not that you need to know that, but it's a little personal interest. Uh, so that's we have a hard limit. We have a hard limit on two cats. And the reason is because, and I admit that I'm the crazy cat lady of the two of us. I'm the crazy cat lady in the house. If the wife did not throw down the gauntlet that two were maxed out on the cats, I could be the person that has 80. And uh, that's exactly what happened. A woman in Eastvale in Riverside County had 80 cats. So they came in and they took the cats away because it's not healthy to say the least. Uh, and now if you are out in the Riverside area, you can go to shelterinfo at rivco.org, R-I-V-C-O.org. And uh, they've all been treated by the veterinarian staff at the G San Jacinto Valley Animal Campus. So there's 80 cats up for grabs and adoption there. Speaking of 80 cats, uh, here comes one now. Uh, but it's a hard, hard limit. Two cats is acceptable. Once you get through the third cat, it's the gateway cat. And there's nothing stopping you until you're the woman with 80 cats in Riverside. Oh, my God. Single? Uh, it doesn't say, but that's a pretty good. They don't have to. <laughs> yeah, it's right. implied, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. <laughs> But did you tell the story about uh, who's Cooter? Which which story? The one where you brought the cat home from uh, adoption and it had needed a six hundred dollars surgery. Oh yeah, yeah, I did. I got the cat at the Burbank Animal Shelter for six dollars. All right, <laughs> and and within and the car the cat was farting, right. and I thought, well, this is just unpleasant. And then I, the cat started to swell up oh, like no. a Macy's balloon. I take it to the vet, six hundred dollars. There was a piece of tissue they had spayed the cat left a piece of tissue in the cat ah. poor thing was suffering six hundred dollar uh six hundred dollar uh surgery 
And I, I took the vet bill and I taped it to the baseboard <laughs> right above the food bowl because I figured I could have gotten 200 more cats. Sure, exactly. <laughs> Easily. There's got to be a good one in there somewhere. There's got to be a healthy one in there. <laughs> there's got to there be a winner in there somewhere. That's great, man. Yeah. Um, well, we got the storm wrap-up. We do. We're wrapping up the storm. We've done yeah. some of that here today. Have you ever been through a uh, many, tropical storm or a many, hurricane? Many, many. So many. is this the typical weather afterwards? No. Well, frequently, yes. You get because all the energy is gone. But it but to me, uh, in the West Valley, we had no wind. We had just rain, heavy rain, but no wind. And that's very unusual because they usually come with plenty of wind. Oh, yeah. And, uh, Did and you I, get the 3 a.m. wake-up call? The, uh, yes. Yeah. I got the I got the. Uh, I wanted the to throw the phone across the room. Exactly. I, I had just gone to sleep. Right. And, and then bang. And I thought... Is an earthquake coming? It's a you know a lightning. It's a wind. It's whatever, right. and it was nothing. No, it was it was for the vast majority of Southern California, mercifully, it was rain. Well, also it's a knee jerk reaction by the government. Remember the uh, the, the Chinese balloon that we shot down? Yeah. We waited till that thing was was, over, uh, the was over the ocean, and then hit it down. Then after that, everything that moved that wasn't a cheap right. flight to Vegas was coming down. <laughs> I'm surprised Spirit Airlines landed one plane. I know, isn't that wild? Yeah, but that it's the overreaction. You well, know. here's the thing, and then this which I don't mind. I'd rather overreact than underreact. Then be the dope that's in Maui right. who didn't blast the sirens. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's and that's learned. why. But here's the problem: the hangover of this is now the next time this happens, and we could see this on a regular basis given what's going on in the world. People gonna say, "Well, the tropical storm's no big deal. It's no big deal. We went through that one in 2023. It was no big deal." That's and right. And then you get hammered. Right. Like, like the next time they say, uh, "Stay home because of a uh, virus," people are gonna go, I, "We've done uh, that. We've done that. Been there, done that." <laughs> yeah. And you know, there was the guy Harry Truman was his name up on Mount, uh, you know, up there on Mount uh, in Washington, Mount, uh, which is the one that blew up the volcano. Oh, Mount I, St. I, Helens. St. Helens. Mount yeah. St. Helens. He was up there saying, no, I've been on this mountain my whole life. Guess what? He's permanently on that mountain. He's now it's frozen in ash. He's going to be like Pompeii. <laughs> They'll right. find him someday. You know, That's great, With his man. Walkman on his head from 1980. That's great. Uh, anyway, so the, it looks like the people that got it the worst are the people out in the desert. You know, just And, and you know, I was just watching. We, we kind of ignored this, but the Ventura County took a pounding from the rain. A lot, a lot of flooding up there, too. Well, before the, you know, when people, before the storm became really active on, on the east side of town, we had a lot of people with memes making fun of the storm. Yeah. And what did Mother Nature do? Threw an threw one right in our in our gut with that with that earthquake. Yeah, yeah. You know, said, oh, like, yeah. look, I yeah. can do a lot we of got things. More. The prettier the place you live, the more dangerous it is to live there because it's what nature is what makes it pretty. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and you don't think about all the stuff it took to make it look like that. But but I will say this though, when when a when a major disaster happens. We can, we all, we, you know, we're not, we're not stealing. I'm sorry to cut you off, but we got to make room for Tim Conway Jr. All right. What's that guy going to do? McIntyre in for, oh. <laughs> for John and Ken. Ding dong. Hey, you've been listening to the John and Ken show. You can always hear us live on KFI AM 640, 1 p.m. to 4 p.m. every Monday through Friday. And of course, anytime on demand on the iHeartRadio app. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at, at First, first listen. listen. 
This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts.